All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today we're paying a visit to Other Visits, part one. So this is another Vok episode, then. It's another Vok episode. It's it's an OV episode. We, we still having we don't know what the Vok are. They aren't even named the Vok. Uh, yep. we, we kept okay, the alien, and and they still have their physical forms are still incomprehensible. They have not yes. yet become glowing skulls. They have are... not yet become <laughs> the crystal skull aliens from that one Indiana Jones movie. Which is really not that incomprehensible. I think they're they're underestimating the Cybertronians' ability to comprehend things. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe the Cybertronians don't comprehend skulls because they don't have skulls because they're robots. That's or maybe ridiculous. they only get to choose a physical form once, and they're really embarrassed that they chose Ratuskull from that old Flash game. <laughs> yeah, that, Listen, we, they were listening to a lot of Oingo Boingo at the time. Oh, yeah, that's forgettable. And, uh, you know, it was a phase, and now, you know, they're a little sick of it, but uh, there's nothing they can do. Anyway, there are no skulls in this episode, except for these skulls left behind by our hopes and dreams. Oh. Uh, because they die in this episode. They all die. They yep. do. They do. My ship. I mean, this is... Given what's going to be coming in a couple episodes, this is the appetizer to the meal of sadness we're about to have. Yeah. 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 It is the jalapeno poppers of sadness. Our sadness <laughs> entree is on the horizon. Uh, well, we've ordered it. It's almost out of the kitchen. Oh, crab. Uh, I'm savoring the breadcrumbs of misery and the cream cheese filling of sadness. Listen, just don't fill up on the bread of agony. I know it's free. I'm having some mozzarella sticks of melancholy, personally. Oh, oh I should have ordered those, and I'm going to kick myself all night. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of suffering, the Axelon's computer interface is apparently a Windows 3.1 UI designed by somebody who doesn't actually understand UI design. That's <laughs> yeah. sad. You would think that computer people would have, you know... I mean, you can forgive, like, regular animators for not being great at UI design, but you would think specifically, like, computer graphics pioneers. Yeah, guys who are staring... Men and women who are staring at computers all day doing their job would come up with a nicer design. It's just... I mean, this is possible, but I remind you that the only other computer programmer who we know in Transformers is Chrome Dome. And that guy is busy with other stuff. Yeah, yeah I guess. He's, he's got issues. He's busy having issues. Your tools don't have to look nice if you're only using them internally. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, this first aired February 8th, 1998. It was written by Larry DeTilio, so you know, stuff is going down. And it's probably not farts. Probably. No promises. No. There does seem to be some wild bean vine later on. Yeah. 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 A bit. Yeah. So anyway, Rhinox is using this uh, this clunky computer interface to uh, scan all known alien sites. Which, uh, for our continuity fiends out there, we've got the uh, got floating island, we've got the uh, the Stonehenge that isn't Stonehenge, and we've got the the nutty alien bungalow. 
<laughs> Yay! The, the party shack. Yes, and when you map all their locations to uh, the maximal base, it makes a triangle. <gasps> oh no, they're in the Bermuda Triangle of alien weirdness. Which is Yay. weird, because why is it a triangle around them and not, say, the Predacon base? Eh. And also, why is there a single position for that floating island when it was moving around? That's a good question. Though. Maybe That's... where it crashed? I would... Cause well, I would it crashed, think... like, right outside the axle. Yeah. I would think it would be more relevant where it, you know, originally was, because where it crashed was not under any control of the aliens. Hmm. No. And they don't really know where it originally was. I mean, presumably it's wandering all over, because we saw it scraping across a mountain in its uh, first appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Rhinox is just pulling stuff out of his butt here. <laughs> I mean, Because he can... Dinobot is bothering him, and he won't go away until he comes up with, I guess it's a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that the, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the way that I'm used to children's media being presented or what it is, but I do like that Rhinox does say something to Dinobot about how maybe if he hadn't given Megatron the discs, they they wouldn't be in the situation they were in. And yes. I just, I, I have a lot of respect for Rhinox for just being like that about it, but not like threatening violence over it because oh, yeah he and these rat trap is that's the kind of thing rat trap would do yeah yeah i, I thought this felt noticeably uncharacteristically passive aggressive for rhinox yeah, i suppose but yeah i mean he rhinox either doesn't care or blasts you he's he's annoyed i i'm i'm gonna say this feeds into my my whole idea of Optimus and Rhinox as the Barra dads of the Axelon because Rhinox is going to accept it because Optimus said that we're going to take him back in, we're going to trust him. He's not real happy about it, but he's he's going to, you know, he's not going to say no He's not going to fight with daddy in front of the kids. He's, he's not going to fight with the other dad in front of the kids. Yeah. So yeah, there is a pattern, but I guess this does make some sense, because the next one is right in the path of, remember them? Tigatron and Air Razor. <gasps> Yay! In Grid Zordon? They're still in the show. Yes. That's Yay! right. Wow. And yeah, what was this, Grid Zordon? Something like that. Zordon, Zaron. It did sound a little like Zaron. Zaron. Yes, like a semi-obscure... UK and then US comics character, but it, it's a little hard to tell. So th- I will say that I'm pretty certain none of the coordinate names in this episode are from any fan references. Okay. No, I, I don't think so. They're just space words. Yes. Oh, and also, I just want to note here, Dinobot declares Megatron is the more important threat right now. Yes. More important than the aliens. Yes. The potentially planet-destroying aliens. And as it turns out, when they try to contact Tigatron and Airazor and let them know what's going on, Megatron has is jamming their communications again. Yes. And Scott McNeil gets to go destroy the jamming station. Yep. I I do also appreciate that Dinobot suggests Rat Trap as the one to go with him. <laughs> So at okay. this point, they're just like, their bickering is, you know, it's almost welcome. 
Well, yeah. and I guess, you know, he figures that the, the guys who can fly will need to try and get to Tiger Tron Airazor, and Rhinox is not going to leave the base, because that's kind of what Rhinox does now. Yeah, I, yeah. Do you really want to try to team up with Silverbolt or with Cheetor? Yeah, that's yes. the thing, too. We don't too. get a lot of Dinobot-Silverbolt interaction, which would be kind of interesting. Uh, it it could be interesting, or I'm I'm sure Dinobot just finds him insufferable. Well, yes. But uh, and and also we know that he finds Cheetor insufferable. So I suppose of, of all the people he he can go with, he would least hate going with Rat Trap. Also, he gets to ride Rat Trap, which you know <laughs> yeah. is the vilest ride of his life. But it, you know he's not going to have to walk. Yeah, doing it. I, I, oh yeah, maybe he just doesn't want to ride the other two. It's lazy. Yeah. Cheater likes to do barrel rolls a bit too much, and Silverbolt, those feathers get everywhere. So many feathers, feathers. Silverbolt probably just keeps talking. And and as such, uh, in fact, the the flyers are going to go off and warn Tigatron Airazor. I like that when we cut to the next scene. You you get the Tigatron theme music. <laughs> so even though he's not on screen immediately, you know they're cutting to Tigatron because you get the Tigatron theme music. Yes. I had not, you know, I don't think I had previously appreciated just those those little character specific musical bits in the episodes. I'm I'm definitely noticing this time, and it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Speaking of guys with their own theme music, Tarantulas. Mm, creepy. Oh, Tarantulas, you are the worst. He's he's in his hidey hole, complaining that nobody will help him, even though, come on, Tarantulas, nobody wants to spend time around you. You live in a hole. No. Get into people's heads. You do all kinds of jerky things. And I eat animals in a gross fashion. Yeah. They've been hitting the psychoactive substances, too, because those webs look like they were based off the reference images for... Spiders crafting webs while on psychoactive substances. I'm not joking. I, mean, I can believe it. I mean, you know, he lives in a hole by himself. He is, it, it is 420, 24-7 for tarantulas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, and he's also, at least in this scene in beast mode, he's talking without using that creepy beak. Yes, we see it later, though. He's still using that weird mouth. Yeah, I know. Mode. It does come yep. up. Yeah. It's not a good look, tarantulas. Not a good look. It's creepy. And I was so thankful that the Predacon computer decided to cut him off when he was about to say something horrible. <laughs> yes. Somebody yeah. he's describing as vile, and I think we know who that is. <laughs> Aw. She's so great. Spoiler, it's not Quick Strike. Probably not. Quick Strike. I, I like that he's saying that as he's complaining that she's not there helping him. <laughs> I hate her, and I hate her even more for not helping me when I demand it. Everyone in this show is just Sundari. Oh. Everyone in this show is Sundari. <laughs> or, or in this case, he's just David Tennant from Jessica Jones. Well, that too. Also purple. Yeah. That's and purple. has mind control powers. And has mind control powers. <laughs> not as handsome, though. No. I mean, his his new model does look really good, but... It's no. very pretty. Anyway, there there is an alien alert, and he is off. <laughs> he knew some trace of his prey would be out there, so he's an alien hunter now. Yeah. He's a, he's a regular fox molder. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of surprised they didn't sneak in a cabinet with an X marked on it somewhere in his lair. <laughs> I think they they used up all their X-Files references on Reboot. This is true. Yeah. They did a whole episode, so they, they can... They actually had Gillian Anderson on. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, they get David Duchovny for that, too. No, they did, they did um, not. It's Scott McNeil doing a passable David Duchovny impression. That's almost better in my book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I assumed they asked, and he was not interested. Yeah, well. Gillian Anderson's the better actress, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back at the Predacon base, a black arachnia is super bored. And she she specifically says that being loyal to Megatron is so boring. And <laughs> yes, Megatron looks all, like, pissy about it. It's like, well, maybe you should have more, like, employee enrichment events, Megatron. <laughs> or even if not that, maybe you should be glad she's complaining about how bored she is by being loyal to you. And not scheming. Yes. I mean, if you're she was Megatron, happy, that would is... be a red flag. Yeah. yeah, you're Megatron. This is the best you're doing. Yeah. People are either too dumb to not be loyal to you, or too lazy to foment rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is your best case scenario, Megatron. Get used to it. Yeah, at, at least she's not mispronouncing you. Yeah. yeah we get more. <laughs> like some of your yes, at least she's not misgendering you like some of your followers. Anyway, so now uh, Tarantulas uh, pops up on the scanners. He's off somewhere in a hurry, and uh, Megatron's interested in this, so he just casually jetpacks down, which uh, which is great. Yeah. And uh, does a little backseat computering. And also Inferno is there. <laughs> Yay! Still referring to him as my queen! Stop calling me that. He almost does it a second time and gets a chokehold for his trouble. Yes! yes. He starts, as, as you request my ah, choke. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it, but poor Inferno. Yes. So then, uh, you know, Inferno also reports that uh, the jamming tower is being attacked. But uh, that's, you know, it's not that important. So instead, with the base, with the maximal base undermanned, they're going to attack and get that golden disc back. Yeah. Which is key to the plot here. Yes. And now it's what everybody's been waiting for. It's time to get. Remember that Tigertron and Airazor are on this show. And to get Blue Man Kuma and Pauline Newstone one more check. Yes. Yay. So what they're going to do, they're going to make my ship cannon. Yeah. And they're going to sink. Things are going to happen. Yep. It's like I wrote this. They just sunk your battleship. Yeah. Uh, they find little, little floating sort of weird flowers that kind of look like, um, not great chrysanthemums or something, but... They're, flying They're almost around. like dandelion spores if they were red and included leaves on the spores. Yeah. yeah they, well, they like, see they're some like little, little umbrellas, and they look exactly like what we're going to see later in the episode. Yeah. They see some little seed pods floating around, and so they follow them to what uh, reminded me of the, the location of the Golden Lagoon in G1. Uh, so this yeah. this idyllic oh. little little untouched valley. Yeah. Oh, there total box canyon that's full of lush greenery. Yes, which and go ahead. It it is this actually is a grid Zaram, which is named after a Japanese monster movie. Well, okay, is it like a kaiju movie? Uh, not quite. It, it's man sized. It's an alien that's basically unkillable. That its okay. silhouette kind of looks like a samurai wearing a Big bowl hat. Okay. It's a fun movie. It's weird. Oh. But I, so, it's an odd thing to reference here. Although, I guess the... If you stretched it out, the head kind of does look like the dish thingy. The the thing where... The, the, the little flower that will become the giant dome base thing. So they fly straight on down into this 
box canyon that's full of lush greenery, the likes of which they haven't seen since the beginning of the season when the entire surface of the planet was scorched. Yes. And they totally ignore the weird floating rocks sprinkled about everywhere and the fact that their own movements are kind of weird and floaty. Oh, honestly, at this point, they're kind of used to that. So we yeah. get this And also, thing. you know, they're, they're high on love. So yes. so they get into this they get into this canyon and they look at this flower and all this greenery and there's some some soaring like romantic music and Tigatron says I'd forgotten what beauty this planet once offered and then he looks at her and she looks at him and they do they hold hands and then the planet decides that it can't put up with that level of sappiness anymore and just starts attacking them with tentacles. Yeah, it's it's, it's such obvious. Wait, it does? No, he he said Tigertron says he loves her or calls her his love a little bit later. My ship. But yeah, my ship. So it's obvious. Yeah. It's so it's briefly canon. Tigertron. And then it's fired out of canon. <laughs> Tigertron has gotten over his disturbing tiger girlfriend and/or mother figure. <laughs> And and is now trying to make a move on the bird lady. Well, I think the moves. I the way it came off there was definitely like moves have been making all, <laughs> moves yeah. have been made already. Yeah. Fair enough. It's obviously, obviously the terrain is not the only thing they have been scouting. This is true. So, so they they sh- they hold hands and they talk without saying words because they weren't hand talking. <laughs> So then, yeah, they get attacked by horrible death vines. Because of course. And then I think it was a response to Airazor trying to scan one of the plants, but I do kind of like the explanation that the aliens do not understand and fear your weird <laughs> Cybertronian emotion called well, love. So there's Entrati. Oh, 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 hey, this is this is a boys' action show. It's <laughs> Entrati. <laughs> they see two people kissing, and they're like, ah. Oh my god. Well, they do have organic spaceships. That kind of, yeah. They're, That's they're Entrati-esque. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to now, uh, rewrite the backstory to fit in with Robotech in some way. So, because they, it, it, it was already just three shows just rewritten to fit together, so. Why not add a fourth? Yeah. So why not? Attacked so by it's a. It's like shoving a pigeon into your turducken. Yeah. <laughs> so they get attacked by a mean green mother from outer space, cause, the series has so many weird plants. And then they get all all tied up and they're trying to trying to reach each other. Yeah. And Tyson says, Wherever we go, my spark will find yours. <laughs> and oh. oh my oh, shit. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, and I, the, these these actors are earning that last paycheck. They yeah, they sound horribly agonized. Yeah, they they yeah. haven't shown up since the beginning of the season, but they're they're giving it everything they got. Oh yeah, it is okay. kind of a jarring jump from holding hands and a cheesy pickup line to swearing eternal love and devotion and finding each other in the cold reaches of space. Well, like I yeah. said, I, I get the impression that, you know, this this is something that's been going on off screen for at least... It would have been nice to see it. Like, yeah, a little scene every once in a while in the other episodes. They could have well, given them more time flirting with each other and exploring the Box Canyon, too. Well, I it, it seems very rushed jumping from those two points. I'll mm-hmm. be I'll be honest, this is part of why 
so much about the, the more than meets the eye comic now, all the, the relationship exploration going on and that is so groundbreaking with Transformers is because even here it's obviously they, you know, it's a boys action show. They don't want to take the time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're going to, that sort of thing only needs to come up when they can milk it as hard as they can yeah, this, for drama. Because this is pretty yeah. much it. I mean, when is the next time we even, have we had any, any other real relationships in other series? There's there's Black Rackney and Silverbolt later. Yeah, we get yeah. that later, and then likewise in Beast Machines, but uh, certainly not in the... Um... Sideburn and Red Cars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's, that's that's even more upsetting than I mean that's that, I mean I guess it's both more and less upsetting than Tigatron and Snowstalker. There's a that's bit. just he has a weird paraphilia. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's yeah I mean that's certainly depth you wouldn't have expected from the Unicron trilogy. No, <laughs> no. But there really aren't a lot of female characters in. Um, uh, animated. Well, yeah, there was the whole backstory with uh, with Black Arachnia and Optimus. Yeah, and but that's not ever confirmed. That's not ever a relationship, really. That's just they knew each other. It yeah. sort of was implied that they were involved. There was kind, kind of, like of a thing. Optimus Sentinel Alita love triangle going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that seemed uh, to be what they were going for there. Yeah, and. The, and then nothing in uh, Prime. I and mean, you had a couple of female characters, but I, you know, I kind of like that she didn't become somebody's love interest. No. She- hey, and in according to to Margaret Scott, knockout <laughs> and breakdown are totally canon. Well, yeah. Oh, okay, that's true. But, but that one didn't end so well either. No, that one didn't end very well Although at all. It it kind of ended for the best, given that one of them was Adam Baldwin. And that, yeah. I, I do appreciate that he got killed by Gina Torres. Yeah, that was yes. nice. I, uh, I, I do feel that that, though, is another example of them not wanting to, I mean, of course there's, there's also the fact that, you know, they would have been a male-male couple, but it, that's also another one where they seem very, even friendship, they're like, sometimes a little wary of getting a little too close with that. But then, I mean, Bulkhead would say would would say that I know at some point he said love ya Jackie to Wheeljack. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that uh, RC calls uh, Wheeljack Bulkhead's boyfriend. <laughs> well, yeah, but that was... I mean, she's kind of drunk, but maybe she's not. Maybe she's not. I mean, even then, I can... Even that kind of friendship... Kind of close friendship. They obviously were okay going with it with, with Bulkhead and Wheeljack in a couple episodes, but I do feel like that's something that they had to sort of warm up to and weren't necessarily comfortable doing with, with Knockout and Breakdown. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. almost feel like calling, like RC calling Wheeljack Bulkhead's boyfriend is almost like a, almost a slightly homophobic joke. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit more playfully so. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Playful. Like joking about uh, JD and Turk and Scrubs, kind of. But, right. Like, but, uh, there's value in that kind of relationship, but there's also kind of a problem about stigmatizing that kind of a relationship, too. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, Bulkhead didn't act offended by it, really, so. No. That's, that helps. Yeah. But, uh, and but yeah. So, in uh, Robots in Disguise so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, unless they're trying to set up uh, strong arm and sideswipe in a kind of like a they hate each other, so they must actually love each other kind yeah. of. That's like the biggest. I was afraid they might be going in that direction, but that is like the biggest non-ship ever. It's, yeah, it's anti-ship. It's she just do so much better. Well, yeah. that too. I, I can't really think of any characters in that show that I would want to ship. Not even like with the interactions that we've seen between, like maybe between some of the Decepticons, but not. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I will say that Tumblr was immediate. Tumblr immediately latched on to to uh, Steel Jaw and yeah. Thunderhoof. Really, Thunderhoof? Yeah. Who else? Really. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't where Tumblr loved Frank Stallone. No, but they only love... in the context Steeljaw. of the sexy Wolfman. I mean, Steeljaw is kind of made of sex. Yeah, he's he's yeah. super sexy. And and I guess I... you know his. I I would go with uh, what's his yeah. name and Fracture. Which one? Which one in Fracture? Uh, Steeljaw. Oh, Steeljaw. Yeah. Mm. I, I say really anyone in Steeljaw. Steeljaw and himself. Steeljaw and uh, Clampdown? No. Uh, no, not... Clampdown is the waspinator of... I mean, even if that invites uh, jokes about having crabs. <laughs> Silch and Denny could collect beautiful piles of junk together. Yeah. Such <laughs> oh, junk. A bit more filch. Anyway, let's... Anyways, uh, yeah, they, they're clasping hands and now starting to glow and scream even more. Uh, and just in time for Cheetor to get there. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Cheetor. Damn it. Cheetor's just in time to let out the big no before the commercial break. And they get beamed up into space? Yeah. Yep. They, they get beamed up Apparently. into naughty tentacles in reaching from the depths of space. Which is kind of creepy. But yeah, Cheetor's no isn't as good as Primal's no. I mean, nobody can do a Gary Chalk. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a fine no. I guess. It's an acceptable no compared to Gary Chalk's expert no. <laughs> yes. And uh, once again, Cheetor, uh, Tarantulas gets the drop on him. It's a, it's a Beast Wars tradition. <laughs> Why couldn't I have gotten here in time to save them? Well, you didn't. <laughs> Tarantulas, you're a bastard, and I love you sometimes for it. Oh. He's so great and terrible. So he started to check out the site, but Optimus Prime was coming, so he beats feet. <laughs> yes. Oh, that sinister, invisible alien thing in space. Yeah. Yeah. A, very cool. Yeah. B, is it just me, or does this look better than the CGI shadows in Babylon 5? Uh, well, there's I less have of not seen Babylon 5 in 20 years. It's, it's just, it's the blackness of space warped a little bit and some tentacles sticking out. So there's, there's less... To see, so it works better than the shadows. Cause it does look pretty cool. I was more involved. Yeah. It looks very nice. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. In there. Call out credit for really nice visual effects work on that. Yeah. yeah. There's a yeah, lot I... of stuff in this episode. Cons- considering they had to build a new environment and there's going to be a ship and things, that they built a lot for the this and the next episode that looks good. These are very like, nice looking episodes. Like the, yeah, the yeah was... very nice job visually. The the stuff that looked and I I'd noticed there'd be textures that you know looked first season like ground textures and stuff. All the new stuff though, and even the character models at this point just look so nice. It just looks so much better than last. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it just reminds me of like the two parter with the giant floating island that 
that looked kind of crummy for most of it. The it barely looks tower. like the same show at this point. Yeah. 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 So much better. Because in that, the, the tower looked good, but the, the ground of the island looked kind of cheap. Here, well, I guess because they don't have to fly it around. Well, there are, well, things happen next episode, but yes. it, looks, it looks so much better. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So yeah, uh, and Silverbolt get there, they revive Cheetor, and uh, Cheetor tells them that uh, that plant shot them into outer space, which sounds totally insane, but is actually what happened. <laughs> yeah. We also get to check in on uh, the Predacon jamming station. Yes, uh, uh, Scott McNeil is attacking it, and it is being defended by Scott McNeil. Yes, <laughs> yes it, it's Scott more... McNeil and... Uh, Colin uh, Murdoch. Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure if Quick Strike even says anything, but it, it's Dinobot shooting eye lasers at a toppling tower with Waspinator flying around yeah. it, and there's another pratfall at a tower with Waspinator. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Waspinator gets pill, pinned like an iron butterfly. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I feel bad for him, but at this point, they're jobbers. They're the yeah. jobbers. Yeah, poor guys. So yeah, they they radio back in. And they find out that uh, you know bad things happened, and uh, Dinobot is actually quite moved here. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, he and Tigatron kind of had a, an understanding. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, because of the one episode where they're the wild and stuff. They, I mean, they that's Rose. And he barely met Airazor, so. Yeah. It also might just be a personal honor kind of thing with Dinobot too. Knowing he failed to do it fast enough to actually accomplish the mission. That's true. And and Rat Trap has a good line and a bad line sort of following each other. He, he calls them the lady in the... He asks about the lady in the tiger, uh-huh. Air Razor and Tigertron, which is... Is that a book or a movie? That's a short story. Oh, okay. And and he also say, calls um, Primal Trans Monkey, which <laughs> is kind of... A, that hasn't <laughs> aged well. No... <laughs> Trans monkey. I mean, monkey, monkey. keep in yeah. mind that the all toys Transformers used to have an awards uh, yeah. little survey based presentation called the Trannies. So these were much more innocent times. Yeah, okay, well, that's way worse. These were much less aware of other people in the world yeah. around yeah. us. Oh, it just seemed weird. Uh, is this where we cut back to Rhinox, uh, playing? Yep, at- Rhinox back at the base. He yep. is sad about, cause, you know, he likes Tigatron Air Razor. I mean, he, he's yeah. Rhinox. He likes everybody. He does. I mean, he was like Air Razor's dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he liked them enough that he was willing to freeze frame the video and find an excuse to bring those characters back next season. Yeah, he's going all CSI. Enhance. 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 Oh, wait. Reed Richards? Because <laughs> they're all stretched out. Yes, yeah. they are all stretched out. But before he can investigate more, uh, Megatron's outside. <laughs> so Rhinox decides to deploy his Stanley Ipkiss's guns from the mask as drawn by Rob Liefeld turret. Yeah, it's yes, so it great. It's ridiculous. It, I realize, like, every time we see the perimeter guns, they get more impressive, but this is the most obviously giant barrel of guns. It, it's like he t- made a... Uh, like a five times size version of his chain guns of doom, and then stuck more guns on it. Well, this Rhinox is the defense man, he likes psych gag. You know, he, yes, he likes wild bean vines. He likes recreational substances, and he likes giant firearms. Yes, and and then he has a, then there's an exchange that that's from a bad sci-fi movie. I come in peace, then you leave in pieces. You're about to leave in pieces, and then he just 
breaks off the communications by just deliberately causing as painful a level of feedback as possible on the speakers. Yes. On on the big speaker that just came out from the middle of the, the gun. gun. Well, Sonic the, weapons the, the big are speaker that tradition. came out from the middle of the gun and is animating in tune with his lip flaps in something that's a little more... This is not just a speaker being loud. This is a speaker talking because it is shaped like a mouth. Yeah, it's, it's a little cartoony. Do it. It's pretty cartoony, but it it's works. great. It's so it's good. Great. He's spouting a he's spouting a Dolph Lundgren line. He can be cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Rhinox, Megatron is just a diversion, and Black Rachne and Inferno are getting into the base unbothered by anything. Yep. Yeah, that's and uh, continuing the trend for Inferno this year, uh, we get a great Inferno uh, line. <laughs> yeah, Black it makes Rackney no sense, but it's delightful. It is delightful. Black Ragney asks him if he's ready to rock and roll, but Inferno doesn't rock and roll. I burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Inferno. <laughs> you know, he doesn't get a lot of good lines, but every once in a while he gets a really good line. Yeah. You know, a, a fool pain is my friend. Allow me <laughs> to introduce you, you to it. it. <laughs> My brain is trying its hardest not to break down the fact that he basically just rejected the metaphor Black Arachne was going with because it was off theme for him. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, he's... he's no music. Fire! <laughs> fire! Everything must be fire. It, it's like he's a Spider-Man villain trying to stay on theme. Yeah. No, no, my thing is fire, not rock and roll, not, not animal heads. Fire. Can have fire puns. Yeah, you know, if if somebody is robbing the aquarium, you're not worried about being the Sandman. No. <laughs> Somebody's breaking into the zoo. It's not Electro, unless he's stealing electric eels. <laughs> well, they're fair. Well, That's how he was created. Ah, oh, stupid movie. The aquarium might be Mysterio if Mysterio is feeling particularly self-aware and low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Rhinox realizes that something is up because his giant uh, bundle of guns just made a weird elephant noise and collapsed. In a properly ridiculous slapstick way. Yes. And, uh, so yeah, he's uh, Black Ragnar and Inferno are in here to steal the disc. There's a fight. Uh, We get some hilarious rock'em, sock'em roboting. Between Rhinox and Inferno. Which is dumb, but I laughed anyway. It's fantastic. It's so dumb, but it's so great that Inferno's next days popped out for the rest of the scene. Yeah. Yes. It it makes me sad. The continuity on that makes it work. (laughs) Yes. It it makes me sad that when Transformers finally actually did do Rock'em Sock'em Robot Toys, basically they they didn't make Inferno and Rhinox. It was just Aww. like they yeah, made weird versions of Optimus and Megatron and Barricade, I think. Boring. Characters that barely looked like their actual characters. It was weird. Yeah, Dude. that was weird. Wish they'd done more. So he, he does knock Inferno's block off, but then Megatron just tears his arm off. Oh, yeah, that that's brutality out of kind that of That was harsh. But is it pretty messed up. Is this the only time that Megatron has really gotten the upper hand on Rhinox? Every, well, I mean, uh, unless you count uh, Beast Machines. Well, no, so far. So far. So far, so far yes. Every, every other is, and between Rhinox and Megatron, Rhinox comes out ahead, except for this one. He's still winning the season series. Well, yeah. 
He's winning the season, but he hasn't ripped Megatron's arm off. No, he did kick him out of the Axelon once. And he did blow him across the planet once. With a fart. (laughs) Yes. And even this, this really was, like, Megatron should have had the drop on him, but Rhinox put up a surprisingly good fight. Yeah. Right up until Megatron got him in the arm bar, and then because the robots actually literally ripped his arm off. Yeah. Which is kind of, it, it was, it was brutal, but it could have been more brutal. There could have been like sparks or something, because he just like rips the forearm. And it, it's a real yeah. clean break. Yeah. Just, uh, put it, and later they just pop it back on like, uh, like C3PO. Well, yeah. they're I robots. I had to go back and watch the scene again after they showed it going back on for me to go, oh, that's what was going on. Yeah. yeah. They, they yeah, had to replace his arm, though. Yeah. And maybe they had to show him that, that angle because just showing him tearing his arm off was too gruesome for syndication. Yeah, their uh, their censor person, their their BSMP guy, wasn't on his last week yet. Yeah. Like later in the season. Dismemberment is not TVPG. No. Not really. Also, Black Rafia sure makes the golden disc look heavy. Yeah, well, she's little. Yeah, so they, they they make off with the golden disc and just leave poor old dismembered Rhinox in the Axelon. Oh, yeah, Megatron stuffs the disc in the other side of his back CD slot. Yep. yep. Yeah, it just slowly goes in like a, like a side-feeding CD player. Yeah. Yeah. The aliens have a message for us, and it is Billy Joel's greatest hits. <laughs> I think it makes sense that they just got out of Dodge. I mean, Rhinox just gets harder to fight when he's pissed off. When he gets yeah. that arm back in place, he's going to kick someone's ass. He doesn't yeah. even have to get it back in place. He might just hit you with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's that kind of guy. So yeah, Maximals, uh, they get back to the base, they put Rhinox's arm back on, and they they have to decide what to do. And Dinobot makes a very good case about who the biggest threat is. The aliens, yes. not Megatron. Yeah. For once. Shooter yeah. wants to rescue Airazor and Tigatron, which, I mean, you know, that's great and all, Shooter, yeah. but how? Yeah, they're Actually, in space. One last thing before we get to this scene. At the end of, as as Megatron is oh, gathering yes, up his important. Predacons and leaving, you have uh, Black Arachnia you know, oh, talking yeah. about destroying all the Maximals and Black Arachnias, like, except for that hunky silver bolt. And I'm like, so did they have to get rid of the previous ship so they could pull in another ship because they could only have one ship at a time? Maybe. I think so. And also, she doesn't actually, she doesn't say silver bolt entirely. She just no. says the silver and then looks embarrassed. Yeah, I, I think she starts to say the silver one, but she trails yeah. off. It's like, Megatron doesn't want to hear about that. No. no. She doesn't want to hear about her crushes. <laughs> For dog-faced toys. Aww. Uh, it's pretty great, though. Anyway, the, the Maximals, they're, they're all worrying about their problems, and Rat Trap, of course, is like, it's like I always say, we're all gonna die. And then everyone just glares at him. And, and like, I think there's, is there like a wah-wah music thing? I don't think so. There might be a music cue. No. He does go on to say, uh, yeah, Dinobot yeah, I know their title drop in here. I know, shut yes. up. <laughs> yes, Dinobot does a, a title drop. You gotta take the Beast Wars to Megatron. Yeah, the Beast Wars. Why? Why do they have to do this? Why must they title the, the drop? The name of the show. They haven't title dropped in a while, have they? 
It's been, it's been a little... I, the last one might have been The Beast Wars Are Over, Optimus Primal. You yeah. You lose. It's, it's been a little... Oh, no, wait, wait. There was also a The Beast Wars just got a whole lot weirder. Uh, yeah, there was uh, that. With the it seems less this season, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, we better enjoy what we can, because when we get to Beast Machines, at no point does anybody ever say Beast Machines. No. That's, well, I mean, Probably that's... that's a dumb yeah. type. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, I just checked. They do have a wah, 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 boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Shut up, right? That, that, that almost made it sound like the, the Seinfeld music. <laughs> Which is appropriate, because we're going back to the dark side, or the Predacon base. Don't call it that. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, Tarantula just busts in like Kramer. <laughs> he busts in like Kramer, leans on his own gun, using it as a cane. Megatron punches Inferno in a sight gag to stop him from attacking Tarantulas, and then Tarantulas just proceeds to be a total arrogant douche. And Tarantulas just shows up, just like, hi guys! Hi guys, I hate you all! It's such a good reaction from everybody, because everybody's like, wait, what the hell are you doing here, except for Inferno who raises his gun? Yes, Inferno raises his gun, and Megatron does like the, in in Avengers, when Hulk just punches (laughs) Thor. Well, yeah, yeah, just this totally out of the screen yes. punch. He, he's the off fist screen. from out of frame. It's perfect. Yes. You hear him? Uh, That's exactly no. how that needs to be blocked. Yeah. I also love uh, Tarantulas just leaning on that gun. It's like it's like Bill McNeil with his cane oh. on news radio. Yes. It's it's not actually a gun. It's the devices he designed for the rest of the episode. He's got one. Oh, right, right. It is one of those things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, not an his alien name. ship. Is one, two, three, four, five doors down on your left. Can't miss it. <laughs> Tarantulas, I stole your cane. <laughs> this is just the most immature thing I've ever seen. Oh no, this is snap. The, uh, I think the most interesting thing about what Tarantulas is doing here uh, when, he, when he comes into all this is he's basically leveraging his usefulness to place himself as Megatron's equal. Yes. Because he he comes in and he says, basically, I'm not with you guys anymore, but I'm I'm willing to help you in this. You need me more than I need you. Yeah. Yeah, Because, well, I forget how it's worded, but it's something like, oh, who says it? It's like, or maybe it's Black Arachne because she's been in his head that they, he hates the aliens. That's in the next episode. No, okay. that's in this one. This is, is this episode. I think it's in this episode. Yeah, so Something Megatron's like, asking why. He, oh, yes, has, it is. Yes, yeah, yes. we have one scene between this and that. Yeah, because right. Megatron has a line where he says, "Hate, hate is an emotion he can trust." Yes. 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 So you act out of hate. <laughs> Excellent. That's an emotion I can trust. Yeah. And why does Tarantulas hate the aliens exactly? I. Don't, that's not clear. Read the story bible for the series. Yes. Yeah, there, that maybe has something to do with it, sorta. Well, it's like... Well, this will come up in season three. Yeah. And now he just hates them aliens. Yeah. He does. He hates Again, them much like he... Fox Mulder. You could kind of think, I mean, at this point you could assume it's because they blew up his old lab, but... Well, Although I guess if he if he was like Fox Mulder, nobody else would believe there were aliens, despite yeah. everything that had happened on Beast Wars. Yeah. So far. <laughs> which, which, yeah, and also they would have had to have abducted Black Arachnia. Uh, no, uh, no, no, I'm pretty sure that uh, that thing that tried to destroy the planet that was swamp gas. Yes. <laughs> God damn it! 
<laughs> so the lightning storm. So between that scene and this scene, we cut back to the Exelon very briefly so that Dinobot can change his mind about who's the more pressing threat, Megatron or the aliens, once again. Oh. Also, I believe it's it's Optimus who says our last truce was a joke. I'm like, yeah, yeah literally, your yeah. last truce was a long series of, of plastic gags. Like, like gags. It was a good like, joke. At one point, somebody got a noogie. Yeah. It was <laughs> this is serious business here, people. Literally a joke. It was so a series good. series of sight gags and physical comedy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Predacons oh, head to that's the... Why, uh... that's, why, that's why Optimus wasn't interested in it again. They have Waspinator and Quickstrike and Inferno. They are completely outmatched on the physical comedy front. Uh. <laughs> so no truce again. No truce, not with them. Like, what do they have at this point? Cheetor? Rat Trap. Yeah, kind of. They have Dinobot riding Rat Trap, which is pretty. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that is hilarious. And uh, to be honest, their leader is a monkey on a flying surfboard, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Silly. And I mentioned before that his his eyes in monkey mode were not shaded in any way, and that still continues, and they still look disturbing and soulless. Yeah, it, I think the, at least there are no close-ups on him when he's talking now, because that, that seems to mitigate the problem a little. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, when it's just his big monkey face with those dead eyes filling the screen, <laughs> that doesn't work. It's, it's a little terrifying. Uh, and it's weird that you guys seem to focus so much on that because, like, Megatron's beast eyes are that flat red in uh, Robot Mode Two, and so are Tarantulas's. They're flat yellow, but maybe I mean, they're supposed to be like because... scary bad guys, though. Yeah, but yeah, also, okay, yeah, that's fair. Th- there's a maybe slight it... lighting effect, like you can sort of see an eyeball in there. At least it works better on Megatron's beast mode somehow. It, it, it doesn't maybe work. It's the because pages. they're just so. They contrast so much with yeah. his face. His face is yeah. Like, the, the eyebrows are a lot more emotive on those two character models. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Primal really doesn't have eyebrows in monkey mode. Yeah, at least doesn't use them. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the Predacons have all gone to the uh, the Box Canyon. They are shoving these posts into the ground in their own comedic ways. Yep. Yes, as they do. Is it? Am I misremembering, or were the same model of posts used for uh, Maximals deploying some kind of probe at some point earlier in the series? Um, uh, they're not the ones from Equal Measures. It's similar, but there's like an extra like bracing post. And like a strut, yeah. Yeah, okay. there's some other yeah. stuff on it. it. It's probably built from the same model with other stuff glued onto it. Yeah. I I, I kind of want to imagine that Tarantula scavenged those after that episode was over. And, like, his two big changes were adding the brace <laughs> and switching the Maximal logo to a Predacon logo. Yes! I made this! <laughs> I made this! Who made this? I made this! <laughs> oh, that little comic strip's been floating around again. Uh, Taking all Rhino's <clears throat> hard work. Yeah. The jerk. Anyway, then Tarantulas and Megatron start talking about their plan or whatever the heck. Which ends in them both maniacally laughing. Yes, they both <laughs> over maniacal laughter. It's a classic villain moment. Yeah. Yep. So great. They're just both of them just laugh and then suddenly the Maximals show up and their laughter is interrupted very distinctly. They're yeah. just like <laughs> huh? Nothing like a good old maniacal laugh off. 
so great. Mm. Yeah, the maniacal laughter is interrupted by Optimus leading a full-scale assault on the Predacons. It's going to be an epic knockdown dragout fight between all the members of both... Fa- oh, no, the aliens are here. Never mind. Yeah, well, it does have a nice scene of, like, all the Maximals having a dramatic head reveal as they transform. Yes, that is yep. that is really cool. It's really toyetic. Oh, yeah, that, that part is fun. But I just feel like they... They hinted at what they were going to do, and then they just totally didn't. Yep. And then, you know, the vines sort of form a shape. It's bio. And that beam comes down from space, and it turns into a thing of Jiffy Puff. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, um, um. I was thinking biodome, because the last alien dome was sort of organic-y looking. But less uh, it's I'm... Jiffy Puff. Delicious Jiffy Puff. <laughs> I haven't had Jiffy Pop in, like, not like a decade. No. I haven't had it in two... Do they still make it? Yeah. yeah. Sure they do. They probably still make it. They still make it, but I'm not sure why you would. Oh, because you got... No, I mean... It... Popcorn's good enough where you can buy buy pre-made popcorn. Or yes, or, you know, Pop- in a microwave. Oh. You want it warm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm more of a proponent of the hot air popcorn popper. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that that is nice. We got top. We got a nice uh, taste got. from that. It doesn't take any more time than the microwave. It uh, might even be a little bit faster if you have, like, mm. the... Hot air popcorn popper, you just toss the kernels in, turn it on. Mm. But then, then you, wait, don't you have to add your own oil? That's an extra step. Well, you, the, no, uh, that's if you're doing, one, like, the stovetop popcorn oh. pop. Although the one the one I used to have, uh, it has, like, a little thing up top where the hot air also, like, melts a little dish of butter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I never used what that. I had when I was a kid. Theoretically what it's for. Yeah, we, we always used to use that. I don't like buttery popcorn. I prefer more, like, the white cheddar seasoning. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I like a little bit of... All the butter. All the butter. And garlic. Uh, So as you can probably tell by us talking about popcorn, uh, that's about it for the episode. Now, yeah, the beast... Everyone gets knocked out by an energy wave from the Jiffy Pop biodome. The Beast Wars Well, everybody's dead. Beast Wars are over. Yep. Yep, episode's over. Beast Wars is over. Spoilers, the beginning of the next episode is everybody waking up because that mattered nothing. Not everybody. Not everybody. But we'll get into that. Everybody whose toy we're not selling right now, you're out of the episode for a while. But it's it's interesting that the Beast Wars are over for, like, a minute, and the surprise victor is plants. (laughs) (laughs) The Beast Wars are over. Poison Ivy wins. Yeah, it's like... Ironic, considering. I this was Beasts versus Plants. Versus yeah. zombies or something. Is it the plants? Plants versus animals. Yeah, so that that, that Aaron Archer was influencing the show before he even started on the brand. <laughs> Wait, was was he a gardener or something? He was the uh, he was working on Batman before he got switched over to Transformers. Oh, right, right, right. I thought this was some sort of botanica joke. Mm. I thought he worked on plants versus zombies. Or something. That joke will make sense in like a year. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, Aaron Archer and EA PopCap have nothing to do with one another. Alas. Yeah, he makes some really cool-looking plants for that. (laughs) So, yeah, other voices, or other visits. Yep. Friggin' OV titles. Um, These mid-season two-parters are often the weak spot of Beast War seasons, and this is probably the best of the three, but and it's fine. Yeah, the problem is it suffers again. It's like it's it's a little bit more than one episode stretched into two full episodes. Yeah, if only they had 
use more of that time on Tigatron and Air Racer. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been so much more interesting than using that time to jump back to the maximal base so Dinobot can change his mind about whether Megatron or the aliens are the most important threat to be addressing right now. Yeah, it would have been nice if, like, this episode had been mostly Air Razor and Tigatron doing stuff, and then at, towards the end... Well, not, episode, not doing stuff. We can't show that on TV yet. Investigating <laughs> things. Maybe they, they find the artifact, and they don't trigger it until, like, almost the end of the episode, and then everybody else shows up. Investigating yeah. their feelings. Instead, they're in, like, the first like two or three minutes and then they're gone nice to see you again bye guys forever yeah healings i mean it is unfortunate because they're you know we for a brief shining moment there were two female characters on this show yeah and yeah. we're back down to one yeah, yeah. and so it will remain for the rest of the show yeah. and i miss yeah. i miss blue man kuma's soothing voice i do miss blue man kuma that guy's great i mean we're gonna get He's him awesome. back yeah. in a bit briefly, yeah. which we'll get to that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's fine. It's, you know, it, it's very nicely animated. There's some good action. There's some good gags. But it almost feels like an obligation to have an alien episode yeah. in, this, yeah. uh, in this season. And, it, and that's I, only going to become more apparent next week. Yeah, yeah but... It, it kind of feels to me like this might have been like the first draft of what they were going to do for the end of the season. Like this Maybe. was the first idea that no, nah, let's make that the mid-season thing instead. Yeah. Well, uh, we can talk about more next week too, but it, it doesn't it, seem like. Yeah. I, if this was going to be the first draft of the finale, this would have been a, a big come down from the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could have just in terms of states and action and everything. So, yeah, that uh, that should about do us for this week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at @stasispod, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash stasispod, and on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. Our RSS feed is hosted by iaconunderground.net. And if you prefer, you can also find us on iTunes. And uh, while, you're, while you're there, uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate and review us. And we'd also love to hear from you. So if you have anything to tell us about, uh, you know, space plants or uh, that time you got into a maniacal laugh competition with your boss, <laughs> please write into the old Maxa mailbag at uh, stasispodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, is there anything in the old Maxa mailbag for this week? Uh, no, we didn't get any more emails. Okay. So please, email us or you'll just have to hear more of our infernal blathering. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? What were we talking about again? Uh, we were, we were finishing. I think up we were talking about Johnny Depp movies, right? Oh, ninety oh. sitcoms, apparently. <laughs> well, the, well, Primal did say Dream on at one point. Oh, I guess they get HBO. Yeah. Ooh. You know he's only watching that for the for the nudity. <laughs> uh, uh. It, I mean, Optimus seems like he'd be more into Showtime. <laughs> they have Stargate SG One. Oh, no, that's true. Tarantulas, all Cinemax, all the time. Game <laughs> <laughs> Utara Cinemax. Anyway, so until next week when we take a second visit to other visits, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. 
I'm Alex. And I'm David. Okay, well, that went well. I, I appreciate our spontaneous evil laugh off. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, that was so fun. Expensive. I yeah. just, I just care about Tom Hiddleston now. Yeah. See? yeah. Hiddleston. All the Tom Hiddleston, sad, sad Hiddles. Well, I guess that new, uh, that new Thor movie is coming out in a couple of years. Sad Hiddles is my spirit animal. <laughs> Another 2017 one. Yep. Oh, that's going to be a good year then. I guess it's, that's that's the the new Thor. They've got the uh, is that Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yep. Volume 2. Volume 2 As and it is uh, Spider-Man. Oh, Sp- uh, Spider-Man might screw the pooch. I I think that they can make a good Spider-Man. I, I know they can make yeah. a good one. I just don't want them to start over. Just I'm, I'm sure they can make a good one. I'm just worried that they're not going to make the good one until the second time out. Well, if you consider that he's going to be in Civil War. Yeah, but he's not in the trailer for Civil War. Ideally, that means they'll not then go back and, to, and tell an origin story. Yeah, we're not seeing somebody... We're not, Uncle Ben is not going to get shot for a, a third time. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, <sighs> I never want to see Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough Uncle Bens, I know what he's thing. I don't even want a flashback. I just want Peter talking about Uncle Ben. That's it. Know what's going to happen. He's going to die. Well, I know he's going to die. He he should be dead pre-movie. Yeah, we need a Spider-Man origin like we need another Superman or Batman origin. If if you're going to give me Uncle Ben dying, at least do it before the title sequence or in the title sequence. Yeah. Like they do the uh, the Hulk origin in that uh, Edward Norton Hulk. God, I love that opening. It's it's great. Beautiful. They're like the recap in Spider Man Two. It's the old yes. TV. Just a bunch of Alex Ross art. Oh. Man. Uh, sadly, it won't. We won't get Alex Ross, Willem Dafoe, but. Uh, uh, mm. Alas. But uh, no, I mean I think you know if you just start and just you know you don't have to set up a big thing with a half a dozen spinoffs the way they were with the. Uh, the Andrew Garfield movies. <laughs> yeah. Just a solid Spider-Man movie where he's doing Spider-Man things. You know what? You I'm, know, whatever. I'm really looking forward to. Star Wars Rogue One. Yes. Yeah, that I'm I am looking forward to that. I I I still haven't quite gotten my head around the fact that there are just going to be Star Wars movies coming out indefinitely. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, but they it's sold me with the premise of that one. Yes. Many Bothans dying to bring you this information. <laughs> we'll get to see what a, what a Bothan looks like. Hopefully they still look like dog people. I thought they were more like horse people. But Depends upon who They're going. definitely some kind of animal people. Yeah, they have a snoot. So Beast Wars exists. Yes, Beast War. 